This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 2-0 loss to Burnley on Saturday. Very disappointing loss, Max. We'll be going through this in the next 45 minutes to an hour. We'll see how long we want to talk about this disappointing loss. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters Find us. Okay, Max, I'm sure you have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. But before we do that, I just want to start quickly because I know that they're going to be Burnley supporters that might be watching, listening, want to hear what we have to say. I want to start by giving them credit, and then we're going to talk about Fulham. This is a Fulham show, so let's give credit to Burnley. I, I thought they were set up very well. They were aggressive. They played on the front foot, and they took advantage of two opportunities and scored two goals. Let's give them credit where they deserve, Max, and then we'll move on and talk about Fulham. No, I totally agree. That was the best away performance at the cottage I've seen all season. I think you can say in terms of how solid they were, they stuck their game plan, and they frustrated us. And Company deserves a lot of credit, as you mentioned, for just drilling them so well because for the whole first half, they were second best, and it wasn't even close. And a team who's bottom of the league can easily buckle in a situation like that, and they didn't. They held strong, and they, they found their moments. And the way they started that second half was excellent. They knew that maybe we were going to come in a little bit on our toes or on our heels. We weren't going to be ready for that onslaught, and we weren't. And then let's be honest, the entirety of the second half, we didn't play at all. They frustrated us. They stuck to their defensive game plan, overload the midfield, and we had no answer. So Burnley outplayed us, I think it's fair to say, in that second half, and that's all that really mattered. Okay, good stuff, Max. I'll go to you first. Give me your opening thoughts on this 2-0 loss. I mean, if we score one of those seven clear-cut chances in the first half, it's a different story. You know, I was saying that to people we were watching at the bar in D.C. yesterday. I mean, we were excellent, really, except for the final touch, right? A lot of good positive runs, a lot of shots on goal. Just no one really had that panache in, in, the, in the box to score. And I said we were missing Jimenez, we were missing William. Those are two players with a lot of quality who were just out yesterday. and. Muniz was terrible, and Vinicius was equally as terrible. 
and I feel like it's deja vu. We're back to complaining about strikers. Who would have thought we would be like, please give us Raul Jimenez, right? Who would have said that two months ago? But I feel that way. Um, I think it's also true that there's a lack of real final third quality in this team. And that Pereira had a really poor match as well. He did. Um, because, you know, it's odd. You know, oftentimes we talk about Fulham, we start slowly. And then we kind of get into our groove later on. This was the opposite. I thought we started really excellent. It was the right type of performance. We just didn't score. And is that just a question of luck and momentum? We had this conversation in the West Ham match, right? It's like, we scored, we won 5 0 because each goal seemed to build on each other. Well, here's what happened. We don't get that kind of initial break and we get frustrated with ourselves. And I also want to talk about the second half briefly. Go ahead. Where was the response, Ross? The players seemed like they were still in the dressing room. There was a one minute. There and was that's a really one. baffled me. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because I think it's a tale of two halves as we talk about a great deal on this show. But I just want to share a couple of comments. This is from our friend Emma. Merry Christmas to you and Max. Thank you very much there, Emma. This is from Stefan Solis. Our players seem ready for Christmas rather than turning up to earn their salaries. Very interesting comment. By the way, you can now comment on Twitter because we are live on my own Twitter account, X, and also on the Cottage Talk X account. So you can actually comment if you're watching live. Feel free to. This is actually on YouTube. This is from our friend Black, White, and Fred. Performance was so lazy. We thought all we had to do was turn up and take the points. I'm going to get to that in a second. Very good point because I have a feeling that this comment is spot on, Max, and I'll go right to it. Did Fulham take Burnley lightly? Now, here's the thing. I did my five keys to victory, and one of the keys was do not take this team lightly. Give them the respect they deserve. Treat them like they're Liverpool. Max, they did not treat them like they were Liverpool. I agree with the comments that we're seeing that I'm not saying Marco took them lightly. I think the players might have been just looking at, as we would say over here, their press clippings a little bit from the last two five nails and just thought that they could walk over this team. And anyone that has watched Burnley knows that they're going to play the way that they're going to play. They're going to play on the front foot. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to try to get the ball. They don't sit back. They did in the second half, to be honest with you, with two banks of four after they got in the lead. But first half, they certainly didn't sit back and they were actually pressing full. So I think the players might have taken them a little bit lightly. What are your thoughts? I don't I don't know if that's necessarily the situation because the first okay. half, I don't think we took them lightly at all. Okay. Right? I think we were all over them. We were aggressive. We played, we were the better team. I think maybe my theory is that the effects of Goodison Park in midweek had it took its possibly toll, right. It's a pretty thin squad. We know that we're missing a couple of players from injury and suspension. I think they just ran out of gas the other day, which is maybe not really a, a glaring indictment of Marco Silver, the players as much as maybe we, we would have liked to, but I just saw fatigue there, like fix your fatigue because if you're taking someone lightly, I, I don't think we would have started as brightly and as impressively as we did with, I mean, that probably was one of the better first halves without a goal. I've seen Fulham play. Right, Russ? I mean, it was no, attack it was after attack. Trafford is making saves. There were, you know, it was a variety of chances, right? Overlapping runs. Robinson, Iwobi's taking shots. Polina had a volley, right? It, was, right? it wasn't just one player dominating. It was a whole team having, penning Burnley back. So I don't think we took them lightly. I think that we went behind. I think we came out of the second half maybe a bit complacent. Okay, we walked over this team. A goal's going to come no matter what. And then they have the first shot within the minute that goes wide. We're like, oh, wow, maybe this is going to be a test. And then a minute later, they score a wonder goal. And I don't think they had the energy within them or even were prepared 
to chase a goal after going behind. I think the mentality wasn't there in terms of we actually might be losing. That's what I think was the issue is that we were so used to, to dominating them in the first half that we went behind and suddenly there's no, there's no plan. There's no leader on the pitch. So maybe the shock value of giving up that early goal in the second half affected them to the point where there wasn't much urgency, as we would say, that they basically just went on the way they did it in the first half, but not with any urgency and just figured that they would get that goal. Maybe there was that shock of that situation. This is also from our friend Stefan. The Premier League shows us that you could put five past the team, but also lose against one fighting relegation. Absolutely. That's why I was concerned about this team, that I knew that they'd be coming here fighting. They have a manager who has that mentality already. He's a winner, and he is going to instill that in his players. You could see that. They have a positive attitude, and it showed in this match. They just haven't gotten the results. Well, they got the results, unfortunately, against Fulham, Max. And uh, let's move on. And you've already mentioned this a little bit. I think this is big. It's not an excuse, but I think it is part of this situation here. How much of a loss was Jimenez and William not being available for Fulham? I actually think it's pretty big, but I'm going to start here on this, and then I'll go to you. I want to start on the loss of Jimenez. I think the loss of Jimenez is bigger than William. Let me explain. Because Fulham have gotten used to playing with Jimenez. The intricate passing that they're doing, the movement. I think a player that really missed Jimenez was Pereira because he was not good at all. So for me, I think his loss was even more glaring than the William loss. But to talk about the William loss, I think it's a domino effect. Max, because now you bring in Harry Wilson and you move Awobi over to the left. Now, you've already seen some good partnerships with Awobi. And then uh, on the right and on the left, you've seen the partnership with William and Robinson. So you take that away. So I think that these two players being out had this domino effect that they still should have had enough to win. Like you said, they didn't take their chances. I think that ultimately is the reason but I think the loss of these two players didn't help. It didn't flow the way that it had in those 5 nil victories. I totally agree. I think William, I think actually is, I don't know, arguably the bigger loss in my opinion, just because okay. when we get to the final third, he's always a player who's calm. He's always a player who just seems to take an extra second on the ball, either pick out the overlap, put it across, or have a shot. And that's what we were missing, I think, during the first half frantic period and even during the second half when there were some instances we went forward. Everyone seemed rushed. No one really seemed confident on the ball. And William, with his experience and his goal-scoring quality, he just makes everyone better around him. Jimenez was a loss because, as you mentioned, I mean, the strikers we have available just right now are not are not what we need. They're really no. not Premier League quality for us. Nope. I mean, Muniz... Let's be honest. He's, he's still young, and he could maybe be a player in two or three years, but he's not ready to lead the line yet. He actually played a lot better against United, in my opinion, than he played yeah. against Burnley yesterday, which is weird. Um, so maybe, I mean, he, to be fair, he doesn't get many chances, so I don't think we can totally judge him um, based off this match. But he wasn't good; he wasn't involved at all, and that's the biggest indictment you can have of the strikers. He's just not involved. And when he was involved, what he took a poor first touch and shot to the side netting, and then he get a bicycle kick. And even when I think Anthony Robinson put in that cross, oh. he just seemed to fall over himself. It, it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> So I don't know, but I think everyone, it's funny, you know, we're very fickle as fans. So I'm just, Steve Reynolds said three weeks ago, everyone was saying, get rid of Jimenez, how things change. And it's true. It's true. But what happened was he finally got a goal and got his confidence up. Um, 
yeah, I mean, in, in January, Russ, do we have to get a striker? That's that's kind of what I'm wondering. Okay. Someone was saying to me at, at, at the pub yesterday, what if Jimenez gets injured? Right. What, what do we do for a long period of time? The Vinicius well, – so Marco has no faith in Vinicius, right? He started Menezes no. with him two matches in a row now. I think Vinicius is gone in January if I'm him, right? Well, I'm Second fiddle to you. Mitrovic is one thing, right? Right. Second fiddle to Jimenez is another thing. Third fiddle to Jimenez, even behind Muniz, as a striker, you can't take that if I'm Carlos Vinicius. I'm leaving. Going back okay. to Brazil or Portugal or whatever, right? Okay. We need another striker. Okay, before I move on, I have a comment on Steve's comment because Steve was messaging me complaining about Jimenez and Pereira. And as we're seeing, Jimenez, I think, has helped Pereira's game. So the fact that Jimenez isn't there, I think, has affected Pereira. That's no excuse, though. He should still be playing at a higher level than he did in this match. He was not good in this match. But to go off on what Steve had mentioned earlier here in the comments section, first half, we did Burnley but by creating chances and not putting away. Second half after the goal, we had no answer to the two blocks of four at the back. And he's right about that. We did not have the answers. And I want to really break down those goals because I think both goals, believe it or not, Max, are preventable. And we'll talk about that coming up. But let me go right back to you. Give me your thoughts on the starting 11. So no Harrison Reed for another successive match. Uh, Kearney's back in there um, with Pereira Paulinha. That seems to be the first choice kind of central midfield pairing uh, at the t- at the moment. And then, you, you know, Wobi and Wilson on the wings. Muniz up top. You can understand it. You can understand it. Uh, Dekadova Reed, I think, might feel unfortunate not to get a start because a lot of fixer congestion and Williams out. So, I think he might have had a shout to play, but he has not been in great form recently. And then, yeah, the back four is pretty constant. The only thing I noticed, Castagna seems to be first choice now um, over Tete, which I think is interesting because in the summer when we signed him, I think few people saw that coming. Okay, very good. Max, I have no issue with the starting 11 because of the situation with William not being included. But I want to get your thoughts on this. When we look at Fulham, when we look at the success that they have recently had, and I'll include setting up against Newcastle United before Jimenez gets sent off. They actually look pretty good for a short period of time. So I think they have put together an identity, and I think right now their best starting 11 with this identity that they've created has to be Leno, Castagna, Tete, Bassi, obviously uh, Tosin. Then you're looking at Kearney, Paulinha and Pereira on the left. You have William on the right. You have Awobi. And at its best, then you have Jimenez up front. I think that's your strongest starting 11. Robinson as left back? Oh, I'm sorry, who, Robinson. Yeah. Wait, so well, who, who's the right back? You said Castani and Tete. Who's? Oh, I'm sorry. that There's a Goldman for you. I mean, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. That would be Robinson as your left back. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, I think so. I think so. I Yeah, I like Awobi in the middle at times. I like that. Um, we'll, I think that's true. I mean, Jimenez has has deserved to be the number one striker given the goals he scored. It just all that that challenge against Newcastle could not yep. have come at the worst time for him. I, you know, if he didn't do that, imagine the place we'd be in right now and the form he'd be in because he just come off two great performances in a row, three you could argue. So, yeah, it's it's, it's hard to think about because especially in the festive period when the matches come so quickly. Right. You need your best players. So. Totally agree there, Max. Totally agree. Okay. So when we look at the first half, let's analyze. And you said that Fulham have 
created several chances. They just did not score on any. The one that stands out for me, there are a couple of them, but the one that really stands out for me was the Harry Wilson attempt, which looked like at the end of Topoke. You know, like he actually, that's what he was doing at the very end. Maybe he lost a little control. But they were creating these opportunities. Do you think if Fulham score on any of these, it's a different match? 100%. Once you get the first goal, I think the second goal would have followed in 5, 10, 15 minutes. That's the way we've been playing lately. That's the way those home matches have gone. And we just need to break Burnley's resolve. The longer they survive at nil-nil, the more belief they had that this was their day. Um, and I mean, what they, they, they were bottom of the league. This is the worst team in the league going into yesterday. The worst, 20 out of 20. So for them to ride their luck, I think gave them belief that they just haven't had any luck this season at all. Uh, Trafford came up big. You know, our finishing was poor. A lot of it, I think, was just a lack of composure. We got in good positions and just seemed to smash it right, right at the keeper instead of picking our spot. Right. So <laughs> this is what I think when you analyze a match and you think how much of it is just, you know, luck, execution, or actually skill because – as as a you you just asked right right if we score that first goal we're having a totally different conversation now but we didn't but we didn't Max and uh, what's interesting and I'm going to share this comment from uh, Stefan as well so he says Jimenez was coming into his own but his suspension hopefully does not set him back and you and I were talking about this if he is in there I think they score that goal I absolutely think they score that goal in the first half and everything is different Max. Yeah, and the one thing I want to – one instance when I think he could have been helpful particularly was when Anthony Robinson got in a really good position. Right. And he said I want to give a shout-out for. He was another excellent performer in my opinion. Yes, he had some sloppy touches I think in the second half, but he is still probably our most dangerous threat overlapping. When he when he gets to that byline, we score tons of goals. And he tried to pick out Muniz and – it could be unlucky, but Muniz just didn't seem ready for it. He wasn't on his toes. He kind of stumbled. And I think that's Jimenez in his form. He can meet that you know, anticipate Robinson's ball better and just sweep that in first time. So I agree. It was a miss. Okay. Excellent. All right. Coming up next, Max and I are going to talk about the second half and we'll ask the question, was this just a bad day at the office? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, Max, let's talk about the second half. So Fulham go into the half, even with Burnley. Before we talk about the second half, what were you thinking? Were you thinking they're going to score that goal, we're going to be okay, or were you concerned? I was speaking to my friend Tony Gold, and he had a bad feeling about the second half. This is what he told me. Because Russ, 
They didn't score that goal. I had a feeling. I've seen this too many times in the Premier League. When you don't score on the chances that you have, it can come back to bite you, and it did here. Were you feeling that way? I was. I was, but I did not expect to see what we saw in the first three minutes. But <laughs> what I thought would happen, it would just be nil-nil for a long time. We might be frustrated with a point rather than no points at all. And I almost expected a late winner from Burnley. That's what I was seeing the most. No one in that uh, who was watching, I think, thought we'd see what Burnley did at the start of the second half, which I think made it ever the more impressive by company. Right. Because it took, in my opinion, everyone by surprise. No one thought Burnley would come out all guns blazing with long shots and aggressive um, attacking play, given the onslaught we just saw. Even remember the final, what, four or five minutes of the first half. Right. We were camped in the Burnley penalty area. So for the momentum to swing so totally coming out of the interval, did not see that coming at all. Well, what's interesting, I'm glad that you brought up Vincent Company. And here is just, he's just a pure winner. He is, he was a great player, okay? But he also has this winning mentality. And he has something that Marco Silva has and he's instilled in his players. And I say this on this show, his team plays with no fear. So when you play against a team that plays with no fear, you're eventually going to break through. And they broke through, unfortunately, against Fulham. Because you, you play with that way, you you eventually you, you're going to reap the rewards. And they did in this match, which is unfortunate for us. But I like that approach than, say, the Sam Allardyce approach to some of the negative football, not Vincent Company. So and I've said this on my preview show, and hopefully he is the manager long-term for Burnley because I like his approach and they should back him regardless of what happens the rest of the season. I think he's going to be a very good coach. And I think he's just showing that no fear mentality can pay off. I do want to share this from our friend Chris Goodwin. Yes, Liverpool supporter, but he always comes on to give us comments and to listen. So, Chris, thank you for commenting. Hello, Rustin. Mad Max, yes. And is this a Mad Max show, or is this an Optimist Max, or is it a little bit of both? Um, definitely, definitely Mad Max. You know, losing 2 0 to the worst team in the league at home. How, how can anyone be optimistic after that? That's that does the worst result you could ever cook up in the lab, man. I hear you. I have to share this other comment because I was actually watching this before we went live. Look at the bright side. You could be Chelsea. I actually agree that they might be ahead of us, but right now that is a mess. They have so many players. Oh, and they lost to Wolves? I didn't even see that. My oh, God. no, they lost to Wolves, my friend. That's and and uh, it was bad. And uh Let's just say, um, yeah, we could be Chelsea, even though we're behind them. I would rather be Fulham than Chelsea. That's just me. Couldn't agree more. What, what, <laughs> what a joke of a club. You know, they beat us in the preseason friendly, and then they beat us at the cottage. Yep. Where the only team was lost twice at Chelsea all year. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Let's not, let's not focus <laughs> on that, my friend. All right. So let's uh, transition. Let's talk about, unfortunately, let's talk about the goals. Okay. So let's talk about the first goal. Like you said, three minutes in, Max. This is rough. This is rough because um, they were playing the ball from the back. There was an opportunity here for Fulham to cause some chaos for Burnley early on. But then they came out. They took that shot from distance. And it set this momentum, I will say. And I, I think the goal for them was coming because the approach was going to be a little bit different. They they weren't going to be afraid of the shoot, so they shot a little bit from distance, and it just missed. And then um, Harry Wilson makes a bad pass, Max. It gets intercepted, and next thing you know, it 
ends up being a goal from Burnley. But here's the thing, and I want to get your thoughts on because in both situations, I was again speaking to my friend Tony Gold, and he was wanted to mention the uh, lack of defending from our two center backs that they were giving these two opportunities way too much space. They were not closing them down. What are your thoughts about their role in both goals? Let's start with the first goal. I think the first goal is a center midfield uh, goal, in my opinion, in terms of Paulinha and Kearney and Pereira just got passed around. It was a simple one-two. It wasn't anything special, and they were flat-footed and got caught out. And yes, I think the center backs could have pressed more, but to me, that's that's center midfield. That's that's on them because that's okay. a free shot, and, and it's still pretty far out from the goal. No, the second goal, I totally agree. Second goal, center back goal, because yep. Santa Berger just runs the whole length of the pitch. And no one once thinks maybe we should step to the guy, the, the, the six foot six big Scandinavian guy. Let's just keep backing off him, right? Um, terrible. And he has the whole freedom of Craven College to shoot from distance. Both, I think, Leno was no chance in the first one. Leno should have done better in the second one. He right. got a hand to it. It wasn't in the corner. But when players are allowed to shoot with no pressure, that's what happens. And even a team like Burley, the worst team in the league, they possess a quality to, to punish you from long range. Right, and that to me is what has really just irritated me about this match because, again, let's talk about what happened after the first goal, Max, because now we will transition. We'll get to the second goal in just a few minutes, but what you're hoping for and what I've seen so many times from Fulham Football Club is a response, right? You're expecting a response, and we didn't get that. We got, I don't know, this malaise, this... I didn't feel that they were, you know, all guns blazing after that, which I expected from this team. So I think this is part of the issue I have with this match is it all has to do with the second half and it has to do with the response. Is it, I hate to go to the tired legs, is it tired mentality? What happened after that goal? Why did they react the way they reacted, Max? This is, to me, the issue with the match I have. I I think so much of it is just mental at the end of the day is that, no one thought that we'd go behind. And once we did, the players weren't switched on. And it seemed to just be a lack of belief that entire squad. Because you're right, there's there no response at all. There was no None. care to sustain pressure right after. There's no urgency in the passing. I was baffled, really. Because it, it, we look at the pitch and you think, who's going to lead? Who's going to make something happen out of nothing? To me, that was a Wobi yesterday and, and for most, most of the match, match of the season. And he, he just didn't do it. Paulinia was quiet in the second yeah. half, honestly. You know, Wilson didn't do much. Pereira was anonymous. Kearney really wasn't involved. No. So looking at your creative players, your players who should be the ones taking initiative, and, and they weren't really anywhere to be seen, and, and the substitutions didn't change much either. No, because, we'll get to that. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, you know, you look at the bench. No one inspired you coming off the bench, to be honest. No. No, and that has actually been something that several – supporters have reached out to me and said, well, what about the bench rest? We'll talk about that. So to go along with our conversation, this is from Stefan. Poor response after first goal. Question of character. This is kind of where you're going mental because maybe this is a mental issue. I, I don't know if it's really a character issue. I understand where Stefan's going. I think it's more of just maybe um, expecting too much, expecting, you know, that you can just get out of bed and win the match. And then when it doesn't go your way, you know, you're not really showing what you need to show. And, and uh, it's a little bit of a shock. I think it's a shock situation. I don't know if it's like a character situation, but I think it's more of a shock, Max. 
I'm trying to think. Have there been matches this season when we've gone behind but won? Certainly no, not in the past four or five matches. No, but the play. Liverpool match, we came back twice. True. So, True. So that show characters, we're talking about character. In this case, I guess to Stefan's point, question of character meaning do you have that makeup to come back? And in this match, for some reason, they did not. Yeah. I think the rule of thumb for me for Fulham is if we score first, we're in a really good spot to win. Yeah. But if we we're don't, front runners, we're front runners. Yeah. Um, which maybe isn't groundbreaking analysis, but that, that seems to be how the season no. is going. No, Fulham because, front runners, Max. Yeah. yeah. Fulham front runners. And it's funny because um, I could do like a whole show about this movie that I saw called Prefontaine and talked about how he was a runner and always had to be at the front. And uh, he was a front runner, and but it was a mentality. So is this a mentality that you need to be in the front? You need to be in the front. And uh, if you're not in the front, then you kind of struggle a little bit. But I look at that Liverpool match and they had a lot of fight coming from behind. In this case, it wasn't there for whatever reason. It definitely was not there. This is also from our friend Black, White, and Fred. think these long shots are a result of our switching to a single pivot with just Paulinho deep to facilitate TC's inclusion. That's interesting. What are your thoughts about that? That makes sense based on the the one two that just got by so easily for the goal, the first goal. You know, there aren't that many players as there would be if you're playing two defensive and one attacking. Yeah. But I would take that for Burnley at home at the end of the day. I mean, if you're playing the worst team at the league at home, I'm fine sacrificing two defensive midfielders just for one for the sake of absolutely, attacking. yeah. So maybe Absolutely. that's very conversation about the center back should come in. They should right. recognize because we won less holding midfielder, they need to be more aggressive in stepping up. Maybe they just didn't get the memo or weren't attuned to it. I don't know. I don't think they got the memo. That's <laughs> just my opinion on that because that's going to lead us to talk about the second goal. And this one actually I think is more infuriating than the first goal. The first goal was a great shot. And I'm not saying that Sanderberg's shot here wasn't a, a great shot, but he walked his way pretty much all the way to distance where he could shoot and score. And like you said, where are our center backs, Max? To me, this is the point where we need to be talking about that. I'm glad that you brought that up. Maybe not as much in the first goal, but definitely here. Totally. You know, this killed the game, really. We weren't really in it, even 1-0 down. There was no signs of a fight back. But the second goal was game over. Because once we went down two, we're never going to get back into it that late in the match. Yeah, I mean, we, we discussed it earlier, but just the fact that he could waltz through the center of the park with really yeah. no one even putting in a tackle or even attempting to. I think part of it was Paulinha was already on a yellow. Yep. Um, didn't want to dive in. And once he's the one who's not going to dive in, once people see Paulinha pulling out, I don't think anyone in the Fulham team is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fancy the tackle. <laughs> um, but where you have to be better is Bassier or, or Tosin have to step up. Yep. But they didn't. So there's really not much more to say about it other than, we we switched off and we said maybe we thought oh fine he'll shoot from here and then he punished us and I think maybe that is a mentality thing about against Burnley is that we didn't take him as seriously as you know if that's De Bruyne running down the middle of the pitch or you know any top midfielder at other, any other club maybe there's a different situation. Well, this goes back to the mentality where I started. Did they take this team lightly? And I know you said you don't think so. Maybe this is an indicator that I could be onto something because they did not. Closed down Sander Berg. And uh, here's a comment from Chris Goodwin. Just seen the second goal. No phone player closed down Sander Berg. Now that has to be disappointing. It is disappointing because, it, as you said, Max, it kills off the game. At that time, 
it's over. It's done. They're not going to be able to come back from this. And this is the disappointing part. But let's talk about what happened after that. And actually, let's talk about the substitution. So let's go there. Because I think part of the problem is when you have Jimenez out, you have William out. And we haven't really talked about this player, but has anyone seen Adama Traore? I mean, Adama Traore, I mean, let's just say what it is. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing him, but it seems it's injury after injury after injury. So that affects your depth. But what were your thoughts about the substitutions, Max? No firepower at all. Vinicius came in, and I think Vinicius had one good moment when he played Castani on the overlap, which I thought was a clever pass in the end of the match. But apart from that, you know, he, he never really looked like threatening at all. Um, Deckard over Reed was anonymous. You know, Balatori came in for Robinson, had some good situations, but never could actually find someone when he crossed the ball. So Harrison Reed came in, but, you know, didn't really have that much impact either. Yeah, there wasn't anyone who could, could be a game changer which is what you need on your bench. Yeah, great point about Adama Traore. All the things I just mentioned, game changer, firepower, attacking, impetus, pace, that's what he's supposed to be. Exactly. Again, you know, this isn't football. Clubs are smart. Agents are smart. There's a reason he was allowed to go for free. There's a reason that no one really wanted him, maybe except us. We didn't have face any real bidding war, in my opinion, to get Adama Traore. He's past his prime, and he's injury prone, and he's not the player which, when people hear the name Adama Traore, you think of Wolves, circa 2019 2018 yep. right when he was a beast he's not that anymore it's clear so maybe we it was a free transfer it was a gamble it didn't pay out um and he has done nothing for us so nothing so but but the bench has to be addressed i mean if you want to be a top yep. premier league team we have to be honest yes we're playing the worst team in the league it doesn't matter every match is is, is a gruel it's a battle we didn't come today prepared or yesterday prepared to, to really play because we have we have a thin team we do, Max, and uh, obviously yeah, and, January and for me thing, is going to be huge. I mean, there's not an injury crisis. Williams injured, you know, Charles injured. I think Tete's has a, has a knock. So we have three players, and then Jimenez is suspended. Other teams in the league have, have done far worse, you know, with players out. It, it, but all these that just small portion can cause a crisis or a mini crisis just because we don't really have the depth. Right, and this goes to what Chris Goodwin says: the cons need to find some. Money for Marco in January. I couldn't agree more. I totally agree with that because the lack of depth does show itself. And even like I said, talking about the players that are out, they still need more depth. They need more players. And uh, I think uh, this match actually shows what they're missing a little bit. I will go to the depth, but I'll also talk about the striker position. If Jimenez is going to be your striker the rest of the season, okay. But you need someone else behind him like you said what if he gets injured you can't really depend on Vinicius or Muniz to get the job done you can't now you could say we did that last season a little bit I don't want to gamble two seasons in a row they need to bring in a striker in January to complement what they already have maybe he'll be the lead striker but we shall see they need to do that they also need a winger you know and again the they're probably going to bring in a central midfielder, but I think January is going to be huge for Fulham. But Max, I'm not going to give anyone man of the match because this team doesn't deserve man of the match for this one. I think you'll agree with me on that. But I want to end with a, a real good topic on this. And this is when I went on Twitter after the match, I would see comment after comment, basically these words. 
was this loss simply a bad day at the office? I kept saying bad day at the office, bad day at the office. After one after another, my first thought was yes. And I'll go back to this. This is the reason why I think it is. Because I don't think we saw Fulham's optimal starting 11. I think the losses hurt them. And I think they actually took this team a little light. So for me, I do think it was a bad day at the office. However, I will say this. If they follow this up with another stinker against Bournemouth, that is not great. I think that this match against Bournemouth is a sneaky big match. Because after that, you have Arsenal. And guess what happens after that, Max? You have players going away to the African Cup of Nations. That's going to hurt Fulham, okay? It's going to hurt Fulham. So just as Jimenez comes back, players are leaving. So there could be a little bit of chaos going on. So the next match is actually pretty big, I think, against Bournemouth. Do I think this was a bad day at the office? Yes, I do. Because I have enough proof to see how good Fulham can be. I've seen two five nails. I saw a decent performance against Liverpool. A good 15 to 20 minutes against Newcastle until Jimenez lost his mind. So I have some basic things in the bank for me that make me think that they've turned a corner. However, they've got some issues coming up, my friend. But I do think if I look at this, this was just a bad day at the office. I agree. And we have to remember, we made the League Cup semifinals. I know. That's a factor in all this, too. Because it feels very frustrating, the whole vibe around the club at the moment, just because we lost to Burnley at home. But we have to remember that we're in a great spot in the Cup. And I think it's fair to say we're not going to get relegated this season. There are too many teams in between us and the bottom three. So when we look back at the season in however many years' time, I think we'll remember the Cup run a lot more than remember the league position, just quite frankly. I think that's a perspective I'm trying to have here. Because yeah, even if we do lose, lose three in a row, Burnley, Bournemouth, Arsenal, worst case scenario. I still think we're fine. I don't think we're going to be sucked into that relegation situation just based on the quality of the team we have and the teams below us. But if we make the the, the cup, I mean, two matches against Liverpool in, in January, that's a huge opportunity for us. Absolutely, man. And I, I think it was just a bad day at the office because if we lost in midweek and then lost today, totally different story. But we're in the final four of the League Cup. And f- first time ever, right? For the League Cup. Oh, that's great. I mean, come on. Fulham, that's, we never won a trophy. So let's let us let us appreciate that. And yes, this match is disappointing, but I do think we'll see a response against Bournemouth. But let's okay. not forget, Bournemouth are in great form. They yes, are. But it took them until the very last minute to win against 10 men of Forest. So it wasn't the most encouraging results from Bournemouth yesterday either. Fair point. Fair point, Max. Okay. So we agree that this is simply a bad day at the office. But before we wrap up the show, and I want to thank everyone who is Watch this live. I'm glad that you brought us to a a good point because I've been doing a lot of shows by myself. I'm glad I can do this with you. And Giannis will be back soon. Join and be the three of us once again. Last thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about going up against Liverpool in the League Cup semifinal. Now, the only team I didn't want Fulham to play, the only team, I didn't want to see them face Chelsea. Based on what I've seen already from that Premier League Summer Series in the first match. I thought that potentially Pochettino has figured out Silva's style and set up Chelsea and knows how to be fault. I like this matchup against Liverpool. Fans might think I'm crazy that I actually think Fulham are going to win. 
I think Fulham have a chance to get to the final, partially because I like the fact that the second leg is at Craven Cottage. I like the fact that you have that at Craven Cottage. If you can be close going into that second leg, Max, there's no reason why they can't go forward and win that two-legged tie to get to the final. I agree. Let's think about the last matches we've played against Liverpool. 4-3, just a couple weeks ago. Very tough match to, to lose. We have the 1-0 at the end of last season. They barely sneaked it. There was nothing in that. And the 2-2 draw first day to, of, the, of, the, of the last season. We've played Liverpool really tight. You know, yep. We've played them well. They've not run us to the park at all. And they've done a lot of teams a lot worse um, than, than how we fared. Liverpool... They're, they're trying to win the league this year. They don't care about the League Cup, in my opinion. It would be nice to have. Is any Liverpool fan really going to be happy? Liverpool player really going to be happy to win the League Cup? Okay, That's, Chris, say, Chris, pipe down on the, I mean, on the Liverpool say, win uh, six two. Pipe I down. Really, I want to talk about the mentality because I think that's huge for, for Fulham, for us. This is the biggest match of the season, the biggest two matches of the season, in my opinion. Right. A semifinal in a major cup competition. To Liverpool, they've made the final. What? I don't know, four or five times in the past decade. I mean, this is this is automatic to them. They don't really care. We're going to be playing like it's the biggest match of our lives in many ways. And I can talk to small club, big club mentality. Sure. This no. is our cup final for them. Just another day at the office. It's it, it's really going to be walking the park. Right. I think we have a real shot, Russ. I really think we do. I do too. And Chris, I know you can attest this because you are watching live. Does it really matter to Liverpool? They've been in the semifinal, how many times? I mean, come on. It, this is not a big deal for them. It's a huge deal for us. Massive deal for us. So I think that that plays a part in all this. I think Fulham have a very good chance of winning this. I know Chris's uh, prediction of 6-2 aggr- aggregate. I don't see that. I absolutely don't see that. But we'll see who's right, Chris. All right, Max. Great show. Great show. I do want to wrap this up, though. Any final thoughts before we go? Always great to be on the show with you, Russ. Um, I'll be at the Bournemouth match and the Arsenal match. So cannot that's wait great. to see Fulham in person for the first time in a long time. So that's that's great. Are you gonna see our friend Dan? Oh, yeah, we're gonna, we're going to Bournemouth with Dan. Going to Bournemouth okay. with Dan. He's in the car. He's on the He's plane. He's in the car. Okay. He's in the car with us. No, no, no rail on boxing day. So the whole great. family? Oh, whole family, yeah. Okay. And I had the pleasure of meeting Max's family. Wonderful family. You got a wonderful family, Max. My son Brady still talks about our dinner together. That was, he, that, was, that, that was his favorite moment of being in Philadelphia was you and your family. So that speaks volumes, man. That, it, your family's great. And uh, I wish you a great time there. Thank you, Russ. And, and Merry Christmas to all the Fulham fans. That's a great way to end it. Merry Christmas to all the Fulham supporters. And uh, we will be back with uh, more and more shows. But I just want to thank Max for joining me today. But we should wrap this up. For Max Cohen, I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for watching listening to Cottage Talk. Part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.